Welcome to the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining me today. <sighs> so I was just told from the people in the production truck that you might that our mics are picking up a bunch of bird noises from over here in the Soma Drome. So if you're hearing a lot of bird noises, that's just because we're living in nature. That's just the way it is. So uh, I hope you appreciate that. I know I love it. But so my guest today... Alex Merkin. I've known Alex for so long. He was one of the first, I would say, really artistic friends that I had, like somebody who I really bonded with over creative stuff. I met him very early when I went to Boston University, where he was there as well, studying film. Um, he is from Manhattan. I am from the Boston area. We couldn't have had different views of what film was. He was always more of a big budget Spielberg, um, you know, huge movie type thing. I was more of a clerks and uh, kids and uh, reservoir dogs, smaller movie type thing. But there is so much that we agree upon. Uh, I think there's a lot that I've learned from Alex. Um, you'll have to ask him if he's learned anything from me, from me. But um, there's a lot that I've learned from him. He's a really kind, thoughtful, intelligent, talented person. And um, I really can't say enough, enough good about him. Um, definitely check out his movies. We talk about this one particular film he did, Altitude, which was a, a movie in an airplane with Dolph Lundgren and Denise Richards and Chuck Liddell and Jonathan Lipnicki and um, Greer Grammer. I enjoyed the crap out of this movie. I'm definitely going to watch it again. It was it was a wild ride. But, um, you know, Alex is an awesome person. We reminisce a bit here about our old BU days. We talk about what we've been working on, what I'm working on now. Uh, you know, share some funny old stories, which... You know, it seems like whenever I was around Alex, something humorous was happening. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Um, so thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Definitely check out Alex's films. Give him a Google. And, um, yeah, enjoy the episode. Peace. Hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox podcast. I am super excited to have my guest on today. I am Soma79. He is film director Alex Merkin. What's going on, Alex? How's it going, man? Good Fantastic. to see you again. It's been a long time. It's been forever. So Alex and I went to film school at Boston University together uh, many, 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 too many moons ago. Ooh, yeah. Don't tell everybody how many moons. Yeah, it is scary to think about. I mean, I think we were one of the first class, the last classes there to finish editing to actually edit on film right because i used you, you yeah. were there a year longer than me did you you might have started digital at the last year it was i did the film. very last year the very last yeah. year i we, we we jumped on the uh the avids um yeah but then it was just always funny to look back and see everybody like like we were we were there with the, like the reel to reels and, and everybody behind us is like yeah yeah uh, yeah I remember being in that little room downstairs in the comm building and them showing some of the, one of the professors showing us like this little documentary from the forties or fifties and they had the exact same real stuff. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, you buy it off that guy. Like, it's just, right. Right. Yeah. Know. No, it, that was crazy. That was, uh, I mean, it, it was good exercise in, in learning, uh, not to, you know, how to like be very, very precise with what you want to do. And, um, you know, thinking out, uh, your shots a little bit more, because you had to, because you had a very limited amount of film you could use. And yeah. once you start cutting, you can't really, it's not that easy to just throw things around. Um, you can't so, do I mean, reshoots, there's no time. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Remember the exercises where we had to actually edit in the camera? Oh, yeah. I made that, my film was about one of my roommates thinking he was The Rock. 
and um getting into a fight with another one of my roommates i still have that film i was actually it's funny i was i'm for the film i told you i'm working on there's a part where i incorporate old footage of myself so i was going back through all that and cutting little clips of like me like dancing with like ilsa in like my living room with like the flex fill going in the background yes, for, yes. Um, did, you, did you see the little thing a while ago i, I forgot when i mean i think i posted like the the behind the scenes yeah, 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 yeah. I've been looking for that again because I want there is some footage of me in there I want to cut out, but I haven't been able to find it. So I keep I think, I think it's on Facebook. I'll have to find it. I think Evan might have been the one that posted, or maybe it was you. I'll have to go trying to remember. It. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, those were the days. You know what I was thinking about? Do you remember um we were talking about Chris Williams, who was one of our professors who helped us out a lot back when we were there? Do you remember the presentation we did in that class that did not go over that well at all? Uh the, I, there might, there's probably more than one. Uh, well, it involved the matrix. <laughs> I, I, please, I please remind you, me about this because what does it have to do with jeff allen and well uh, it was sort of but like that that was the joke we were making because like the, the jeff was a guy we went to cool as a friend of ours and he worked on the he did special effects in the original matrix and like right, and it was like the some, coolest thing because we were all in film school still at the time but he had yeah. already worked on the matrix like he he was involved with like you know a groundbreaking technology that was doing all the all the like, you know, the the bullet time stuff in the first movie. Yeah. And because we're us, we turned it into, ooh, I worked on the Matrix. <laughs> like, we we was, were such assholes. We were literally, we yeah. were, we were enormous assholes. And, yeah, uh, but we're still laughing about it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Jeff yeah, Allen. Yeah. I, nothing in that regard has changed. But yeah, um, but yeah. So I, I definitely remember running around saying. Uh, ooh, I worked on the Matrix all the time with, uh, uh, but 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 remind me of the actual. So uh, these are the I remember that we were supposed to. So it was our, it was our last film. It was the, it was the one the last film in that course it was the one it was the aftershock. Aftershock. A friend Evan, who is now the greatest Tom Cruise impersonator on the planet. Actually, back then he was too. So um, we were supposed to bring in a clip of something to sh to give an example of what we were supposed to do. And at this point, I remember being completely mentally checked out because I was so ADHD. I was so happy to be on a team with you because I knew we were going to have the best movie. But I was still trying to figure out where to contribute because I was just like, I, so I was producing, but I was just kind of checked out of all of my education the entire time. And um, and so you brought in the shot of, you brought in the bullet time shot from The Matrix. And it was basically all just a joke <laughs> because we've been doing the, I work in The Matrix. And I don't remember not even realizing at the time, but I remember you told me after that Chris was not happy about that. <laughs> I think, you know, and I, I think you and him said, had talked about it, but. um. Oh yeah. my God. And then we, I, I think always... we ended up, they showed our, showed our film last at that festival. So you're they really did. Your They film. closed the festival with it. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and yeah, we got the, we got the best reception. Um, yeah. That was really awesome. But uh, you know, I, I did stuff like that. I, I, I was such a jackass. I did stuff like, like actually the film we were just talking about where we edited everything. And, and I remember like he made such an example out of that because he was like every shot he loved and then at the very end, I just had to do something really fucking stupid because I couldn't take myself seriously. Um, so like I had, like I had done, I'd taken the whole film. I, I was worried I was taking it too seriously. I, it made me feel uncomfortable. To, like, I remember the was, film too. Yeah. Wasn't there an airplane going by at some point? Uh, oh, well, that was, uh, that was the big, that was the big blue. That was another oh, yes. one, Okay, right? all right. Okay, but the first one I did with like, do you remember Bob McGovern? Oh, of course, like one of the funniest people. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And so he was like playing like this, uh, this like homeless guy in the park. And, um, yeah, I remember this exactly now. Yep, you shot in the fence. The very I end, I just what? I think you shot in the yes, fence. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and then the very end. So it was all these like really dramatic shots and stuff. Da da da, and you know, and uh, and uh, 
at the very end, he just like walks away and like, I think he like picks his ass or something or does something really goofy. And then, yeah, he's like, you had to ruin it. He's like, you had to ruin the movie. He's, he was just like everything. He's like, I loved all of it. Da, 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 da. And like, he was just like, and then you get to the, sh- he's like, couldn't just, couldn't just let it go. Ruined uh, anyway, it for just, some, made it better for others, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's all I cared about. Yeah. Uh, you know what's but, did you ever see the documentary? Uh, it's kind of random, but there's a point. Um, overnight about the guy who made Boondock Saints. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of that documentary, he's in that same room at Calm. I don't remember this being there, but I think I re- I recognized like the small red room where we had the screening room, and I remember recognizing a couple of the students in there as people we had class with. But and he was up there just doing his. I forget the guy's name, but he directed the Boondock Saints. And there's a reason yeah. I think he hasn't made a zillion other movies. He was difficult to work with, is what that documentary right. more than suggests. And he right. was in there just holding court, acting like a lunatic. And I was I was wondering if you might have been there because I I remember seeing I, um Sofia Coppola came. I remember seeing uh-huh. um what's his name Kasdan um not Lawrence but his yeah son. Jake Jake Kasdan was there. But I I think I wish I was at that one. You weren't at that one. Yeah, you? I think I did. I think I was at that one. Yeah. Oh, the one, the one with um the Brunock Saints guy. No, no, no. I'm I'm oh. at the Jake Hasen one. No, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was with, screaming that one. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember Herpes seeing uh, what's the other guy? Um, the one Tim that Roth was, was there. Our... What? Who? Who were there for Tim Roth? Uh, pro- I I I think I remember Tim Roth. I remember okay. Kevin Spacey. I remember. I didn't, uh, I didn't see Kevin Spacey. The Tim Roth but, one I remember in particular because there was some really weird stuff about it. He was there promoting. I think it was called maybe the War. I forget the name. Maybe it was the War Room or something. But it was a movie oh, about yeah. a family. I did see, yeah. Yes. Yes. And I was a there. family where the daughter was was raped. I think by the father, if I remember correctly. And during the scene that the daughter was raped, she was wearing this shirt with a star in the middle of it. And when Tim Roth came out at the end, he was wearing the exact same shirt but he had one sleeve pulled up the entire time and every time someone asked him a question he was really snippy about it he was like the first thing he said was i don't want to answer anything any question about quentin tarantino was a nice guy all right and then some kid and these are all film students so you know right that's the first that's all that's all all anybody wants to know right Right. but some kid was like hey i have a controversial script i'm writing on communism who says it's controversial you need it. You need it, but you actually need to qualify that. It, it's not just film students and Quentin Tarantino. It's film students in like what was it ninety nine, like in in, in between oh, ninety eight. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like all these film students are in film school because of Quentin Tarantino, and they all right. want to talk. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like yeah. And at that yeah. point, he'd only put out Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, so there was especially a level of intrigue, right. even being someone sort of new, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, he must have been so sick. Of, he probably still is sick of answering that question. I'll bet. I'll bet. Um. Yeah. I remember uh, James Toback came and and was terrorizing yes. students at at the school. Do you remember? I that? didn't hear that part. No, I mean I've, I've I know I've heard his um, reputation, but it, yeah, I remember like I remember all the uh, all the stories of of him pulling out his director's card and trying to get pe- uh, girls from the school back to his. Uh... That's so sad. Yeah. So, I mean, I wonder was that around the time he was shooting Harvard Man? I, I do remember seeing that um, with uh, with Adrian, uh, who obviously worked on Across the Hall, Adrian Grenier from Entourage. Um, um, that's a that's a that's a gem too. If you haven't seen, if you want to see Adrian Grenier from Entourage do an acid freakout for like a half hour running around Cambridge, there's a lot of good stuff in that movie. <laughs> I think it was after he had shot uh, Harvard Man, right? Wasn't it? It might have been. Yeah, I don't remember. I think that was originally supposed to be Leonardo DiCaprio that was in that movie, but then it got replaced. Mm-hmm. Black and I was thinking about Black and White the other day. That's another forgotten movie. Like Mike Tyson, Wu Tang Clan, Ben Stiller. Um, was it Grant Hill? Maybe some. I think. Some, I think so. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Grant Hill. Yeah. yeah, that was a great crazy movie. movie. Crazy movie. Yeah, yeah. Library. 
Oh, yeah. man. I remember that like it was yesterday, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So Those are the days that, that Robert Downey Jr. could only get movies like that. No. And then, and uh, yeah. And now he was, everybody knew he was so talented, but also like yeah, yeah. he had not re- revived his career. He had not, so. he had not been Iron Man yet. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that was film school. I mean, after that, uh, Five Lion Productions. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know if Green Lion at FiveLion.com is still an email address. Probably, but feel probably free to is. I don't it. even know how to access any of that stuff anymore either. That was almost confusing uh, back in the day, even how to access it. So getting it now is probably. Oh my tricky. god! Yeah, this is like before, like you know, normal terminal, like you know, we, internet was. Remember when we were actually in school and like checking your email was like you had to go to like Dang, yeah, you had to go backslash backslash like yeah, go to some portal at the crazy. Yeah, it was insane. Absolutely we had no insane. cable. It was the worst. Oh, yeah. well, was actually, so much nice. I did in my reason. first, my first year, my first uh, semester. I did because I was at the Hojo's. Oh, see, we sort of had it because one of the kid I went to high school with who happened to live on my floor. There was cable in the downstairs um, lounge. He tapped into it and put a splitter on the wire and ran it to his room. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, where were you? Where Where were you living? I was in West Campus the first two years. Then I had an apartment in Kenmore after that has since burned down. Wow. It was the place we shot the aftershock um, that burned down. Oh, that was, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It was a major Wait, fire there. Didn't Pete live there? No, I live there. Oh, you live there? No, you're, oh, you're thinking the beginning. The beginning of the, the, the party oh, that's scene. Right. Now, I remember, now I remember the place. place. Yeah, 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 yeah. The party, the party stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Now I remember your place. Oh, yeah. yeah it was on a hill. Like, it was on a slope. And I totally there was, remember it now. And there wasn't a full wall. The surfboard stuff at the end as well. Yeah. 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 It's that's good times, man. Good times. Maybe, maybe we'll have to put that at the end of this episode so people can see the aftershock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do it. We should do yeah. it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So um, so Five Lion, that was a um, a film production company that you started out of the village in, uh, it was East Village? Is that where you were? West. West, West village. village. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was, the other day when I was going through looking for some tapes for, you know, I was trying to find stuff myself, I found the footage of the, um, when we were auditioning actresses for Across the Hall. Oh, cool. Crazy. Which was, um, I remember on the way there, we got a cab ride from the drunkest cab driver in New York. And um, I, I want to watch the whole footage because I'm betting somewhere, we auditioned a lot of actors, I'm betting someone on there is somebody famous that has gone on to do something. Oh, there I'm are, just... there is. Uh, well, there's a guy like Adrian Martinez has gone on to do a ton of stuff. Do you, do you, um, he, he auditioned for the Porter. Uh, we were only doing actresses that day. So uh, maybe been... that day. Yeah uh yeah no we had we had a couple we had a couple um i think malin ackerman uh auditioned at some point um, i remember there were names like the kid who was in i think the third terminator movie whose name's escaping me might have been bounced i even remember james franco's name being, and this is way before even i think spider-man so like right right right, right. it was just like yeah yeah Man. crazy it was crazy but uh but uh yeah no it's a it's it's funny to it's funny to look back at all that stuff it was it, those were uh it's a wild that was a wild time when when that movie when we when we got the opportunity to make that that short uh yeah. just because shorts like that weren't produced on that level uh at the time like that yeah. we didn't we got a, a really great opportunity with uh samsung and first look studios so yeah. i set, the, um, I set to, the stage a little bit for that for some context sure. so across the hall was a short film that um you directed i had a little bit of involvement in it i tried i think most of the stuff i worked on didn't i think i was trying to do promotional stuff that didn't end up didn't be well you had more involvement than that i mean i i i woke up uh in the middle of the night wrote down scribbled 
the story down on a on a pad of paper and then i talked to you about it and we sent it to your to to, yeah. to your brother to, to yeah to write right. it up yep um, I, I forgot about that yeah yeah so that was like literally after after i first wrote it down i talked to you about it and um and uh yeah Good Lord, got, my memory is terrible about you know what I remember the most about the shoot of that and I, I wasn't at the shoot of that film because I was sicker than I've almost ever been in my life and I remember oh, right. it being I think one of the first text messages I ever sent saying I couldn't go because I was literally so um sick I couldn't talk what was going on I, I, I just had an enormous head and chest cold but like it was I was really really sick and I because I'd taken time off to go down there and be there for the shoot but I was literally like there's no way in hell I can even leave my bed <laughs> I remember being like sorry I just it's not in the that car that was a great shoot you would have loved that I know it would have been love great that shoot oh my yeah. god that was amazing yeah I think That's my parents still have a poster of of that hanging in their house of um, oh really you know, awesome. across the hall yeah with Adrian awesome. like you know behind the, the yeah, wall yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So Across the Hall was a short film that that was made that you directed um and it was and it was something so explain the partnership with Samsung cuz I was just doing a little bit of homework and rereading this and I was like I don't know if I even knew all the details of that back then. Well, uh this is what was around well when we first started putting the script together it was probably around 2003 or 2004 somewhere around there. Um and there was really no YouTube um i mean it was That's just funny. like i think youtube kind of popped up around 2005 or somewhere in that area but at least on our radar um so there wasn't like fast video streaming or like online platforms for short films um there weren't smartphones where people were watching everything on their on their phones at the time um and Maybe like I said, I was I was around the time I was sending like my first text messages. So it's right. like there certainly right. wasn't, you know. Right. No, totally. It was like, yeah, I remember these, yeah, we we're doing the little like the that little not what was that? That that where you like you're pushing the the, the numbers. Push, push the button three times to get yeah, like, yeah to get yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um but but uh but the film itself as a short film um was designed to feel like a, a bigger, like a bigger film, like a bigger sort of um, uh, Hollywood film in a way. And at the same time, um, had a lot of very natural branding opportunities for cell phones, um, which we immediately identified. There weren't things that, um, it wasn't something that was crammed into the story. It like you, you needed cell phones to tell the story. Um, and, um, and that's just a natural uh, aspect of the way this, this story is sort of, the stage is set. Um, so, and just quickly, the, the story is about, uh, somebody who feels that thinks that their, their girlfriend or the other is cheating on them and right. the people involved are in separate rooms. So the a lot of the communication is done via cell phone. That's sort of right. Well, it. yeah, basically a, a, a guy, uh, uh, suspects his, his fiance of cheating on him, uh, follows her to a hotel and checks into the room across the hall from her. He's on his cell phone. He's calling his best friend on his cell phone. Um, and it's sort of a lifeline. Like, you know, if the cell phone hangs up, he's probably going to go across the hall and, and shoot her, uh, kill her. And, 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 oh, and to make matters worse, he's stolen his best friend's gun, um, uh, to, 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 before he checked himself in, he's been drinking all night. So, um, it was contained, but it felt it was it was it was very uh, suspenseful and um and you know moved uh, had sort of a had a sort of a Hollywood pacing to it and um so um we immediately so 
I spoke to you about it. We put the script together. Uh, you remember Gary Gimelfarb yep. and Evan Ferrante. We we I worked with them, um, and I and I believe you. We we put a, a, a whole pitch package together. Um, and Evan, you know, immediately got got to work doing his networking thing that he does, which is what what he was so valuable. Um, yep. Uh, uh, and Evan too if you've ever seen the show Swans Crossing which I had never seen until six months ago when my girlfriend was like you know that someone from Swans Crossing yeah. it is pretty amazing and it does kind of hold up I was enjoying the, the fuck out of it so Evan was on that awesome. shout out to him yep uh who do you, he played um Owen Owen oh, he was the youngest right. kid yeah that's right that's so, right um, and he's and he's basically is... if, you, if you look up not Tom Cruise he's the uh, amazing Tom Cruise impersonator available and I have, I have, I, I'm credited with starting him on his, on his, yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Watch his interviews or read his interviews. Yeah. Uh, I was in, in freshman year. Um, we were walking around, uh, we, we both were in the Hojo's together and, um, this was like in the first week and I'm like, dude, dude, do you, has anybody ever told you, you, you have like Tom Cruise's vocal cords and he goes, no, I go, yeah, you, uh, dude, you sound like you, you sound like you could sound so much like him. Um, and he goes, yeah, no, I've never heard that. I, so I convinced him to um, start learning lines from Jerry Maguire, which was out at the time uh, in theaters. And uh, now I'm dating us. I, would say, I and, saw it in theaters. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, so he did that. And I like kind of coached him on uh, like, you know, getting this stuff down. And then we would go around and uh, to, uh, to like, um, I got my dog and if you see me doing this, it's not, it's not, it's not nefarious. I, That's I just, right. My dog just walked in the door. Um, uh, so uh, we walked around to like other, we would knock on, on girls doors and we would do it. He'd do it. Uh, his Tom Cruise. I do my Jean-Claude Van Damme. And, this I do. Uh, okay. I remember yeah. this. <laughs> this is how we would, uh, it's how we would meet. This is how we break the ice. So um, it was great. And then we literally just, it, it was such a good impression. It was so yeah. remarkable that like he did, he would do like my voicemail uh, 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 greeting. Like, you know, everybody had to have like, an, back yeah. then everybody had to have a fucking like funny uh, voicemail. Mine or, like, was, or, I, my roommate's name was Tim and ours said press one for Tim and press two for Tim. We thought right. that was genius. That was genius. That is yeah. genius. still it's, genius. It's a timeless joke. Uh, um, but yeah, so he would be like, hey, this is Tom Cruise speaking. And he would like say, Alex can't come to the thorn. You know, he'd do that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and he would, he would do a whole, yeah. And people would be like, what the fuck? How'd you get Tom Cruise? They would go crazy for it. So uh, it just became this thing, like a party trick. Every time we would go out anywhere, it'd be like, all right, pull up Tom Cruise. And, you know, he, and, and a big crowd of people would form. And now he's literally. Yeah. He won, er, he won an entertainment Cruise. tonight contest. And he was oh, yeah. number oh, one. Yeah. No, he's, yeah. he's, 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 he literally, he's gets jobs doing like ADR work or like video game work as Tom Cruise. Uh, he was, I think been, he was on a cut scene from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He was. He was, he was playing, Always Sunny um, in Philadelphia. Cruise, yeah, he gets flown all over the world to do this Tom Cruise because it's so good. It's just yeah. unreal. It's way better than the guy who does the deep fake and doesn't sound anything like him. Um, yep. I've uh, seen that, yeah. It, he's, you know, that it's guy just kind of looks a little more like him. But yeah. Um, yeah. Evan looks enough like him too, especially when he, he puts does. on the aviators and, you know, yeah. all that and stuff. The, and the he, wig, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah, it was yeah. great. Even Chris Williams, I remember Chris Williams saying at yes. the time, "Oh, you got your own little Tom Cruise." Uh, yeah, in the movie. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so it was, it was, it was pretty awesome. But yeah, anyway, so that's the Evan Ferrante 
who was producer on Across the Hall, bringing it back to that. Yep. Um, and he's such a, a, a little natural networker um, that he went and he got meetings. He, he took that around to a lot of people, this, this little pitch package that we had, this little presentation package that it was really well done. We've made like posters and, and slow and like, you know, it, it, it was, it, it was to the point where we, the, Gary and Evan were flown out to LA at one point to meet with Warner brothers independent about just forgetting the short film. Let's do this as, as a, as a feature. Um, but it was, it was designed as a short, it was ready to go as a short. Uh, we were seriously considering that, but we would have, we wanted, we preferred to do it as a short because it felt like we'd be stretched thin. Yeah. Um, you need time and to, have, to, and you did do the feature, but you need time to kind right. of make that into a 90 minute story. Exactly. Exactly. So, so we, uh, uh, he got it to first look studios and, um, and first look studios was able to use a project to get a branding deal with Samsung um, uh, mobile um, where they would finance the film, uh, provide, give us phones to use. And, um, and the idea being that they would then take the film and um, release the first half of it on, uh, like come, would come preloaded on their new video phones that were, were just coming out. And then you would go to a website uh, to download the second half of it um, that they would kind of direct you to and you could watch it. And which was a really cool thing. And they, you know, so they paid for us to build sets and shoot on 35 millimeter. Uh, it, it was Looks early beautiful. days. Of, it, it was early days of digital. So like it wasn't it, digital didn't look the way it does today where you could yeah. just make it look like film. Um, you know, it's like the Panasonic, uh, like, 720 you know like it just wasn't yeah i mean yeah the only if you wanted to use digital and make it look good you had to spend a uh you know star wars money it wasn't like yeah. it was even those um, movies i wouldn't say look well yeah, especially the ones back, back, back then right. yeah right, right right exactly but like that was uh, that was you know so um they gave us so we built sets uh we built a hotel set uh we uh we shot on 35 millimeter and then after it was done they did these like premieres for us where so it was crazy it was like a, a really crazy experience but yeah um and was adrian um, on entourage at the time i think he was already yes on he was yeah. he had, uh, that, that couldn't first... have hurt at all um you know no it was it was so, camera so loves so that got, guy. yeah Cam the camera loves that guy. oh yeah yeah yeah, like, for sure, for sure. yeah he was he was excellent in it yeah and... it, it was at the height it was actually at the peak of his popularity in entourage um and uh evan got uh showed the script to him he he he, he got it um he attached himself to it and uh yeah we were we were off and running so it was it was uh it was an exciting time yeah remember sure. there's even a page six article about it at the time oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah. i stumbled over that i don't throw anything out as you can tell by behind yeah. me somewhere there like is, is, a, is a flash toy that i played with in the tub when i was like four years old still got it nice dude but i might go nice. up on ebay <laughs> if i get if i get desperate i might i might bid on it let That's me know sweet, sweet. Yeah. all right so uh so yeah so that that was that was the uh it was a pretty uh, that was a great experience that was sort of that was our our sort of launching um pad into sort of the the industry bigger we were doing you know short films uh music video stuff commercial kind of stuff did you come to you you came to some of our music video shoots didn't you or no i remember i did a treatment for one from an act named pretty tony i think about this earlier today i actually still have i have two 12 inches of that so i can cut it up on the ones and twos later 
I remember I wrote a treatment for that didn't get made. I think I wrote some treatments for some Mike Wan videos that might not have got made. Um, hmm. That's why I think the most of the creative stuff I end up doing for you guys is either on like the press kits or writing um, treatments for like videos and stuff. Cool. But okay. I don't remember being on because I you, when you were in New York, I would drive down sometimes, but I was living in Boston and fairly broke and just still trying to find my way. So I wasn't around as much as, you know. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, we always loved having you around. Appreciate it, so. man. Yeah, I do remember being next door to the Source magazine. Um, That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Benzino was always uh, running in and out of there. Yeah. Still on the news today. His daughter is kicking serious ass. Um, yeah. I mean, she's really tearing up the charts. I love her music. So it's when I found she's Benzino's daughter, my brain was like, <laughs> I don't know if you do you remember any of those other guys like KB, the bald headed bastard. I remember Blinky Blink. Blinky Blink. You didn't know that music video shoot? I don't think so. Was that I? That's Mace's brother, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I was at that shoot. I do remember. Um, I probably don't want to talk about that story. I was thinking about it. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Say it and then cut it out. Say it and cut it. Let's... It involved uh, involved jail. Oh. <laughs> and maybe a missing I car. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right, we'll leave it at that. That's that's um that is a story that every time I think about that, I just I'm not gonna tell a story, but I remember it started with an attempt to go to a seafood restaurant. I would have been, I remember leaving being with you guys a few hours before, and I'm definitely allergic to shellfish. No matter what, I wouldn't have been there. But um, I don't know. It's a story uh, for another day, but it makes me if laugh. If this stays in, if this stays in, we had a, a we had a, a music video meeting, a, a video a, a meeting to do a music video with an artist and somebody who was going to bankroll the artist's music video. And after successfully having this meeting, I went to go, I, I went to go walk my dogs and I was going to meet them at a seafood restaurant. After I finished walking my dogs, they were still on the block. They said, jump in the car. Let's head over to the seafood restaurant. Uh, we got pulled over by undercover cops and, uh, who were convinced that a little white kid getting in the backseat of, of, uh, of like a, a, a white Cadillac was, uh, suspicious. was suspicious. And this is the time where the hip hop cops were definitely in full effect in New York city. There were, there was, there were, there were numerous hip hop related violence related incidents around, you know, that span of several years without naming names. But so let's just say I was accused of being a gangbanger for, for a while. No, mind you, up at that point, I'd never, I, I, I never, I don't think I ever saw you have a drink of alcohol. I never, see, I don't think you probably ever smoked a cigarette. You were probably one of the most straight-laced people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true, that's true. Yeah. I still have never smoked, uh, smoked cigarettes. Not missing much. Yeah. <laughs> I hear, I hear, I hear, I got to try it one of these days. I, I, I've got too much money and and uh, and I'm not dead yet. So yeah, I got to find a way well to try. make it happen. Yeah, right. So. But yeah, good times. It's yeah, it's, man. Yeah, <laughs> those were crazy. Those are crazy days. Those are crazy it was, days. It was tough too because I remember you, me, you, and Evan went up to um Buffalo once to try to shoot a documentary that never got off the ground. Do you remember the uh, something happened with the subjects and Evan? Yes, and it, and it was like it got really fucking. It was. It was weird. It, it was weird. Yeah, it was. It wasn't uh, weird on our end, but like one no, of the no, subjects no. They started. Got, they got weird. One of the subjects yeah. got weird. One they got very got weird. weird. Yeah, and, and 
I do remember on the way there was the day that 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying came out because I remember listening to that the whole way there. I also remember we listened to a lot of Eminem back in the day. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw 8 Mile um, down when we were down in New York. And I remember um, I remember we went, went to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. As soon as the lights went up, I fell asleep and I woke up the second the movie. I didn't see one frame of that movie. I don't remember anything from that movie at all. So, yeah, I, I don't think I fell asleep through it. And and I probably remember as much about it as you do. I, don't I saw it again. I was like, most steps in this movie? I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah. Good times, man. So, like, so let's talk a little about Across the Hall. Did get made into a feature film. Um, I'll, I'll, I don't. We don't need to go too much into this, but Brittany Murphy was a star of the film. Was one of her last films. Alex did an excellent interview for the HBO documentary "What Happened to Brittany Murphy." Um, you know, we don't need to. It's obviously you said the stuff there. We don't need to, you know, revisit that unless you want to for whatever reason. But definitely check that out unless you tell me that it's shitty and they shouldn't. But I enjoyed it. I thought you. Did oh no, I, 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 uh, I, I have. Tremendous respect for the um, the director uh, of that project, who I'm actually working with now. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And uh, her name's Cynthia Hill. She's got a uh, <clears throat> an HBO documentary coming out, I think, June sixth, called "Burden of Proof." It's a crime. It's a true crime documentary. Oh, I'll be watching that. I watch all that stuff. It's excellent. She's so good. She's so talented, and uh, so I'm really, I'm really excited to be working with her now. And and um, uh she's yeah so you know definitely yeah. check that out um so across that the hall, was a heart yeah yeah the, the feature film version came out in 2009 um mm -hmm. uh, i don't know i don't know if any of the actors remained i feel like at least one may have but that's neither here nor there i remember hearing stories on wasn't there a fire or something on set that wasn't the easiest shit was. in the world was the, it the universal, talk about the talk about across the hall yeah, well, we. Sh uh, so that was your that was your feature film directorial debut, maybe correct? Yes, right, exactly. So, <clears throat> we made the short film. Um, uh, that landed me a very big agent. Um, yeah. You won a and, bunch of awards. We won a lot of awards for it, um, and uh, so I spent a lot of time working on um, a script that I, I want. I sort of wanted to do something new. Um, at the same time, we were sort of developing the feature version of Across the Hall, but you know, I I, I didn't want to just sort of have the one the one trick. You know, what I mean, I wanted to try, I wanted to do a new project. Um, we uh, I spent about two years developing and writing a project. We I, we had some really great meetings with studios, and uh, we were working on spec on this on this script and finished it. Um, right as the writer's strike back then was about to start. Here we are and, in the middle of another one. Right, exactly, yeah. So it, uh, I w my agent informed me there was, we just weren't gonna be able to do anything with that for a while. And and because it had been now some time that I've been developing that, um, I, I, I've been getting a lot of offers to do the short film as a feature. And uh, <clears throat> I just sort of felt like if I waited any longer that that window might close. Um, so we took one of those offers, um, ended up making the whole, we made that feature at Universal Studios in 2008. You were near the Back to the Future lot, I remember, correct? Or was it? Yeah, yeah, we were, so we were right next, we were very close, it's a, it was an old stage uh, that they've not since torn down, but it was called the Phantom stage um, because it, it had the original Phantom of the Opera wow. set. 
uh, still in, like they actually had the opera facade along the outside of the the, the soundstage. Oh, so it's so really cool. cool. Like we would eat lunch in in the like in like the opera pews. It was like wow. it, was, it, was, it was crazy. So, um, so we shot the so yeah we we prepped and shot everything at, at Universal. Um, uh, yeah, Jurassic. So yeah, Jurassic Park was right outside of the studio. So we would so sometimes we'd be in in like we'd have scenes that'd be very quiet you could just hear like little Jurassic Park you know music outside in the at the, at the uh, uh on the ride but yeah um and we did shoot on the the New York City back lot we were one of the last films to shoot there before Fernbound. um so that's what you were talking about but yeah we that was also pretty cool because like in between takes or whatever it'd be hanging out at the back of the future lot and just going through the sides and those kind of things are crazy or like when we were prepping the movie, we'd go down, like we'd just take a little golf cart down to like the psycho motel and, and you know, base motel and just like sit and go over work and just sit on the steps. And it was great. I, that stuff was so fun. Um, what What do you think were some of your first pinch me moments? Because I remember we definitely, when we were early on, we talked about all these people we'd love to work with and directors and people we loved. And, um, you know, you grew up around New York. I'm sure more so you than me, you would see people on the streets, you know, famous people on the streets walking around. But um, what was one of your first moments when you really were like, holy shit, how did I end up end up here? Uh, I definitely had a couple of them. I mean, I think I think even just, you know, for, I would say. First one was after the short, I think, uh, being contacted by by Disney Studios and asked to come out and meet with them. You know, wow. so that was a that was a pretty cool experience. So went out and had a great meeting there, and um, and uh, you know, I think just as soon as I it, it started to set in that like I'm gonna make my first feature film on the same studio lot and in the same like sound stage as Alfred Hitchcock had worked and Steven Spielberg <laughs> and it's all these classic films that like had been made like literally scenes from Psycho. The basement from Psycho was built in the same sound stage that that we filmed in so you know just having that kind of history around all the time i remember one time uh on uh, in a movie in florida uh you remember elliot ottenberg I, i'm sure oh my god i forgot i hadn't thought of him in years yeah yeah and uh we we he wrote some projects that that uh, we worked on together and um i remember on a night that he and i like so it was the day before um Peter Fonda and Terrence Howard were going to arrive on uh, the next day to, to start prepping and filming. Yeah. These Not exactly together. a couple of lightweights. <laughs> right. Exactly. And we were literally sitting in the seats across from each other where they were going to be sitting and going through the, the, the script and like work reworking dialogue for them and doing all that stuff and just going like, oh, like there was definitely, I remember a moment going, I like, it's crazy that yeah those, those two guys are going to are like, we're literally sitting here doing, you know, their, the, their stuff working out their scenes right now and uh that was yeah. i remember that being like uh yeah like how am i gonna sleep it, tonight it, moment <laughs> yeah 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 for sure for sure so yeah i mean um I, you know but I, I would say that like I, I gotta tell you i think the biggest one for me even really before all that was actually the short film across the hall um the first time i went down to like we had done music videos and had like little sets and things and we'd done whatever, but like the very first time I went down to a stage and saw a set going up for something that I like dreamed of, you know, and that wasn't for somebody else's like passion project, but it was for 
was for my passion project. Like we were building sets. Yeah. So I got down and they, they weren't, they you just start to see the flats going up, you know, and you're on the stage and like, suddenly it's like a reality. Like, yeah. This is real. This, Other people I don't really, know have been working on this. Like On this thing. Yeah. Exactly. I'm walking around the dimensions of a set that I've only ever dreamed of and, you know, and only ever like been, that was a, that was a pretty, that was a pretty, that was a pretty big pinching moment. So, so yeah. what, how, so when it comes to across the but I still hall, have them, by the way, I still have them because I, what, you know, flats pinch me. No, oh, the pinch me no. actually, I actually like... do still have flat it's from the, 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 the feature version of it. I have, we had a big uh, elevator mural um, and I have the, the door, the room 507 door that they're looking through, but um, no, but yeah, I mean, I still, I still pinch myself moments, that yeah. I, I get to do this. Like, you know, I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in my office with, you know, movie stars going through movies that, and, and, and making changes on things that people are going to watch. And it's, you know, I, I try not to ever get too jaded by it because it's easy to sort of go down the sort of rabbit hole of negativity. And, and some of these, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wake up calls you get when you start pursuing your dreams and, and things that you, you know, there are realities to it um, right. that are uh, difficult to um, to you, you don't see, you, you never see that stuff when you're dreaming of this. You right, know? right. Especially with projects that cost a lot of money, a lot of people have input on projects that cost a lot of money. Exactly, exactly. You know? And so the compromises you have to make, the um, the, the just the 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 heart, the the the, the difficult decisions, the the backstabbings that happen, um, the, the, it's a pressure cooker and not everybody who gets into the industry, um, A is capable of withstanding it and B got into it with the best of intentions. And that pressure cooker brings out the worst in in some people. That's a good point. Um, Yeah. It's a, is it is an industry that definitely appeals to a fair share of egomaniacs and greedy narcissists. People. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, artists are difficult to deal with as somebody who does the business side and the art side. I find it hard to deal with myself sometimes. It's just, it's hard. It's like you do stuff against your own best interests all the time and it's, it's hard, you know, hundred percent. Try to remember always why I do this and how much I've always wanted to do this and, and keep that sort of like passion for it. Because once once it becomes this sort of like, you know, this job or this, this sort of um, obligation, um, right. it, it's like, it, it's it, almost you, like the thing that you love becomes a thing that starts eating your soul to some degree. Right. Right. Know? Right. So for me, it's, it's not worth doing if I, if I don't, if I'm not, if I'm not loving what I'm doing. And yeah. Um, and so it, it, even when things are really hard or even if I'm not in love with the project I'm working on, I still love the work. I'm, I still love being able to do the work I'm doing. Right. right? So I could be doing a project where I'm like, I feel like there's limitations to the script or limitations to the budget or limitations to the team. Um, the sort of circumstances, uh, in place where I'm not, you know, people have this idea that like, as a filmmaker, you can just, anything that's in your head you just make it and so right. if you don't if, if something's on screen the way it is it's because you chose for it to be that way and it's not always exactly the case yeah um so it can be very frustrating to to 
to go through that process and go, I'm not going to be able to do these things that I know the film needs, or I'm going to be forced to do things that I know are going to harm, hurt or harm the film or so. And then you start to lose maybe excitement for the project itself, but not necessarily for the work you're doing. And in other words, giving hundred percent to it, elevating that work and doing, you know, and, and making it something that it could have, you know, that it, at least in, in my mind, it wasn't, it, it didn't really have a chance of being if we didn't if we didn't like overcome these hurdles you know um, the concept of joy comes up a lot in this podcast that's what we really talk about a lot about our art is that you know joy is like a step beyond happiness it, it's where you're almost lost in the moment of being like you know i'm here doing exactly what i want to do i'm enjoying the shit out of it and it's just it's just it's almost a magical feeling and it's like there's definitely those times where i felt that feeling in the middle of a project that wasn't even going that well or wasn't i wasn't pumped with but it's like those moments are the ones that kind of keep you going you know 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah it's just um i mean if i'm not going to do that i might as well just take a desk job somewhere and and like preserve my preserve my sanity a little bit yeah. you know and like why am i torturing like like i told you i uh, I was up all night working on this movie. Why am I, why would I put myself through that kind of hell if I'm not going to enjoy? Because, you know, it, that takes a lot out of you and take, not only yes. takes a lot of, out of you, like it takes a lot of your life, your social life or your, or, you know, your family life, or you're just sort of drained and, um, you know, but you got, you got to, got to be passionate about what you're doing right. a you lot of people a lot that. of people have no idea what it's like to watch the same 15 seconds of footage over and over again and like then the problem of losing all objectivity sets in at some point where you're just like i think i'm seeing an outline of charles groden in the fire is that the most obvious thing ever and you're just like holy shit how long have i been in this tiny room right right it's it, it is hard especially like you know I'm directing the movies and a lot of times I'm also editing them like physically editing them, not just sitting in on an edit. Um, so to stay fresh, to stay sharp on these things, you have to learn to trust instincts and first impressions because you can definitely start to convince yourself something's not good when it is yeah. or is good when it's not. Um, and, and it becomes, um, it becomes, I can't tell you how many times like you can sort of intellectualize uh, things that you're you're that are there that no one else is ever going to see or or ever going to experience and it's really just about how do they feel when they're watching this and, and like yeah. how do they respond to this and does it make them laugh but yeah but you can justify it all you want and you can say well no but it makes sense because x y if it doesn't you know right. you can't you, you sometimes can't you gotta let go of your that. favorite jokes they don't because they they change the um the direction of the scene or to change the way you view a character you know yeah a lot of that stuff because what happens is a lot of those things that are your favorite sort of things or things that you become attached to you become attached to them for the wrong reasons or they might be initial thoughts that sort of stood out um, outside of everything else but when you make the project itself uh it it sort of takes on a, a life and shape of its own and and it becomes its own sort of thing and that thing doesn't fit with what it's become right. anymore um because it's just too sort like you didn't adapt to that part because it was so set in your mind like I, right. I i want this to be so <laughs> this and that i have this great idea for xyz right but like everything else has sort of become something completely different and you didn't adapt this part to to make it work right it, and you so. can't forcing it in is only for you it's not the right. viewer you know exactly exactly so i mean that's one of the you know just learning to just get rid of it if i i mean i i start to you get to the point where you're just like if i can live without this i should take it out you yeah know? because yeah um 
Because really in a film, almost everything should be pushing the story along to some degree. Exactly. And it's exactly. really easy to put in like little personal favorite jokes, which is why right. it's like you see like these, you see like an anchor man where they do like nine hours of improv. It's like if it does, if the improv isn't in service of the character or the story, right. then it just belongs on during the credits where we get it. No, it's funny that you say that too, because like I remember I'll see like outtakes or like scenes, like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll always like post something. And I'm like, why wasn't that in the movie? That was so fucking that was right. Or you see a trailer the and there's a part in a trailer right. that's not in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you're like, you're right because it didn't didn't go with the movie. It was hilarious on its yeah. own in, in this in this little like yeah this little uh, uh, window bubble. This is perfect, but um, but in, as part of the movie, it does. It's just a. It's just Do you a ever? Side. So I, the other day I put on I forget what the name of the movie is, but it was um the Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle, and someone else movie from like the eighties. It had like a one nineties. It was like a one name, one word title. I feel what it's called, but um it was all it was obviously shot on film, and it uh -huh. just made there's a part of me that's just every time I see these movies from like the nineties that are really not that good, and I'm like they spent the money to shoot that on film, and, and uh, like you know these days they didn't know, have choices in the nineties, so that's what you were right. Telling me. Right, but I still feel this little bit of grimace in me. It's like this was shot in this everything shot in digital now. Do you do you feel that? Do you still have a nostalgia for film, or do you think that we're so far down the digital rabbit? I mean, obviously, digital is so much easier. You know, right? Uh, I I think I've I've I don't. I mean, look, I, I appreciate the um, I appreciate the 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 sort of like tactile sort of um um. And, and, you know, for someone like Quentin Tarantino, who's going to shoot on film, or if, I, if you're shooting like large format, like 70 millimeter, um, and you're just doing this like breathtaking, stunning thing, um, I get it, 100% get it, and I appreciate it. I used to be like, uh, uh, I used to be like a strict, like film only dude. Um, but that's because at the time, digital just wasn't there. Yeah. But it, but it is. I, I, I don't, I don't sit and watch digital movies going man this this looks like crap this doesn't right. look this doesn't like so especially uh, because modern tvs and cinemas are made for digital too it's more of right. the opposite now when you see a film movie on a modern tv it's more noticeable that it doesn't it like, is it is know. yeah you know I, I there's aspects of film i i still i still like um but but ultimately if if you're shooting with the right lenses you're shooting with the right people your color you're like posting it properly it's it's less about what you're shooting on and 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 more about the people shooting it and um and the choices you're making as you shoot it because you can make it look um i mean you know i, I i've seen i've seen plenty of digital movies that look better than than some of the you know some of yeah. the most beautiful films so but that doesn't you know i i, I still love i still love the format and i i appreciate it i just yeah i'm just not i'm just not like yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like it's really. It, is anybody going to be able to go out more, unless you're Quentin Tarantino? It's like no one's going to be able to walk in right. and go. It's film or nothing anymore. <laughs> right. Well, no, you know, it's funny because I was like thinking. It's funny you even asked that question because I, I remember watching that like Project Green Light a couple yeah. years ago, and there was a kid who was hilarious. Like, was it Shia LaBeouf the one that he was? In no, 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 <laughs> no. There was even there was even more like I think it's one of the most recent ones. But this kid came in and he was just so dead set on shooting film, and this is like recently. This is just a couple of years ago. And he was so dead set on shooting film and he was offered. He said, they said, you can shoot. We'll give you film if you want. If you, they, they took him down to digital lab and showed him everything you could do with the digital lab, you know, just try to make him more comfortable because he'd shot a short film on yeah. film. I think I saw this. It sounds familiar. Right. 
And they, they gave him the choice of shooting on film or having three extra days of production. Yes. And he chose film. And I, and to me, that it's like, that's a very bad decision. That's right. a very bad, like time is so much more. I, I You're taking say, the thing that takes more time and accepting less time. Right. And time is so much more valuable than the medium you're shooting on. Yep. Um, having the time to correct things, having the time to do more things, having the time to get everything you need, because the, the, the thing that kills you, and I can tell you just, I've done a lot of movies that have um, uh, too many movies that had to be shot in less than 20 days. And if you had to shoot a movie in less than 20 days, what that means is you have, uh, your, your target is very narrow. Um, it's further away. And, and once you're on set and you're working on something um, and, it, and it's not looking or feeling exactly the, or the way you want to and you have, you already know what you need to do to fix it, but you calculate that you don't have the time to fix it because if you fix it, you're not making your day yeah, or you're already not problem. making your day but you're really not making your day. You're going to lose, you're going to lose five or six shots. Yeah. If you you're robbing to Peter to pay Paul, essentially. Right. So having the time, like I would, I would give up, I would give up a lot of things for more time to make a movie. Like just having the more days you have to shoot, the more you can, you can sculpt, you know, it, it, the more you, you can be precise with what you want to accomplish in the film. Um, the, the less you have to try to make up for in, in post-production and, and try to, you know, resolve issues that you shouldn't have had. So I, I can tell you so many times I've sat on set with less than 20 days of shoot, knowing exactly what I want to do to fix what's not working and, and just knowing that I don't have the ability to do that because yeah. if I do the movie's not getting finished or I'm being very irresponsible with other people's money. And yeah. um, it, it, it's not, it's not, it's not a fun, it's not a fun battle to fight. And if a risk like that goes wrong, that's going to hurt, might hurt your ability to get another film. It's like exactly. so much of Hollywood is based on, or the film industry is based on reputation. It's um, if, if, if there's a talented actor that you saw years ago that you don't see anymore, and there's a good chance that maybe they were just a total dick and nobody. Um, it's become, it's become really, it, it's become, very much um uh i'd say it for 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 both good and bad i think it's mostly good mostly good um that there's become really a, a no a-hole policy um with sets and people who um were sort of considered hollywood royalty or yeah. uh, untouchable um uh, aren't getting away with like being abusive and um you I'm know. not going to make you name names. Bill Murray's one that comes to mind as somebody who's been who's been just you know called out a lot lately. You know, right. there's all like there's that. there's there's plenty, and I've I've worked with plenty, and um, uh, it's not fun to see people uh, act abusively, yeah. um, abuse their power uh, or, and their position, or, right? And honestly, they don't necessarily know. I mean, there's and I'm this is not me um, making excuses for people, but for a long time, the system not just protected, but encouraged very bad behavior um, and and definitely protected and very bad habits got formed. And also like the wrong sort of associations got formed for people like, oh, uh, uh, in order to make the movie I want, I have to 
yell at people and become an be an asshole on set and da, da, right. because that's how that person did it and look how good that movie turned out like if i'm not doing that the movie's never going to get big. so it, it is good that um there's a lot more accountability there's 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 really no tolerance for that kind of shit i, I would say i would say that there are there are I think there's some collateral damage happening with people uh, who are not assholes or who are not abusive. Uh, sort of, it, it's it's also it, because there's such a no tolerance policy, which again I think is a good thing. Because some people easy, go out with the bathwater, right? Or there, it becomes very easy to make false accusations or right. to be overly sensitive about things that you don't necessarily need, like you know, and. Because the, the Twitterverse, to, all the noise sounds the same. All all sounds the same, and when you have a no a, a no tolerance policy, uh, an accusation is as good as a conviction. So yes, uh, if you are, you know, like if someone just doesn't like, um, again, the way you said something to them, or or like the tone of your voice one morning, and or or they themselves uh are bipolar or have some kind of uh yeah it's uh, all through their issue. filter all right if they want if they want to make an accusation uh it's guilty until proven innocent right so and i've seen people i've seen people who are not abusive um get harmed by stuff like that as well who, who i you know who who i it, it just becomes this like we can't i can't tolerate any kind of accusation i can't tolerate any kind which again uh it is good. It is very good to, to, to not, uh, I, I, it's very hard to find that middle ground. Well, it's of, like the pendulum swings both ways. It goes really far out. And then it's, it's like, it's to a point where it's like, you know, the wine scenes of the world go to jail and then there's an overcorrection to some degree. And it's still finding right. where it ultimately has to land 100%, where you can, 100%. where you can have the, the people who shouldn't be there, there and the other people. So it's tough because right. what he said, she said is um, a real tough thing to navigate when you weren't there. And but for sure, a lot of times I mean, look it's at, obvious. Look at know? like, and I don't want to get into what side anybody falls on, but you look at something like the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard like yeah. uh, a trial and why that was so captivating to people. And I think it captivated a lot of people because there was such a uh, there was such a, a quickness to sort of judge and 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 um, and punish him, um, and then it, and then it became apparent that there was a lot more to the story. Um, and I, again, I don't, right. I don't, I don't, whichever way you fall on it. The, the truth is, is probably somewhere in between. We probably right. don't know the actual truth. Right. Well, the, but it, I know, but I see real, the exact point you're making. Yeah. Right. And the real, the real truth is that people, people have good and bad qualities, all of us. Yep. And uh, we're not all defined by our worst moments or our, you know, or a mistake or, or uh, being ignorant of, of, of something, um, you know, I, I can bump into you, not realize that your your shoulder just had surgery, and I'm right. I'm I'm wounding you, but but you take it as I just I just I just knocked your shoulder. You know, like I can harm you a lot more without even knowing that I've done it, and and these are things that can happen. And there there is more. We are, we are, there's there's a much wider gray in between. Uh, people, we're very quick to sort of define people. Uh, and and sort of crucify people and put them up you know like the salem witch trials it's like right. finding the new finding the new person to uh we, we we have this sort of mob mentality of like oh if there's someone we can all hate together yeah like the lottery um, or, essentially or, or, someone gets stoned because right. we like stoning right. people 
exactly. So it, it, it's a part of our nature, unfortunately. And, um, and the thing the, the real truth of the matter is that like people who have done bad things aren't all bad people and people yeah. who do great things aren't all good people. And, uh, you know, a, a, we, we all sort of fall a lot more in a, in a, in a gray zone and, and incident incidents themselves fall more in a gray zone. And that does not, that does not, um, justify, uh, uh, inexcusable, horrible, abusive behavior on any level. But, but I also think there's more to it. We're in the, like, we're at a time now where I think we're, where people are being taped so much. It's like, it's, we're at a time now where I feel like the true nature of human, we're still learning because there's so much more stuff now that's recorded and we can now look at humanity from a step backwards. And I think we're seeing like, like this is, this is a little different, but like there's people who, there's a lot of people that they're still willing to reward bad behavior. Like they had that, the town hall debate with Trump in New Hampshire a few weeks ago, where even the governor of the state was like, I cannot believe how poorly people in the, the Republican governor of the state, like how poorly people acted in the crowd. And we have people now that are willing to embrace bad behavior in public. And I, I don't know what that says about humanity yet, but I feel like it's something we're still like- I think it, I think it says a couple of things. I think you're right, 100%. And, and we are, all, I think number one, like you said, we're seeing so much more of everybody's lives, good and bad, yeah. all, and so much of it is recorded forever now. It's not just like something that happened and you know, it's like literally every little mistake that anybody's ever made is like documented whatever blah, blah, yeah blah, we're doing right. it right now right. <laughs> exactly I'll, but like a joke that somebody made there was no the public 90s, record of we worked on the matrix right. before right now right. <laughs> right exactly um but like yeah but like a joke you know that was right. made at a time when when uh, the james gunn know, thing's a perfect example james gunn is a perfect yeah. example he's the worst uh, guy in the world he's gonna save this company he's the worst guy in the world and right bring him exactly in. You're like well, exactly. which one is it man? right you know he hundred percent. He made jokes. That, it, that was one of the most insane uh, things I'd ever seen. Um, the timing uh, of it, I think, really contributed. It's like one of those things where it's like if that happened six months before or six months after, it might not have went the same way. It's you know right. No, I know. I I get it. And look, I I I'm really against all kind of the cancellation shit uh, on both sides. I just think you know if people are going to be assholes, uh, they're they're free to be assholes. We can we. Cancellation shouldn't come from, um, you know, this the sort of like twenty people who want to find right. outrage over the market every little decide, thing. Essentially, it should exactly. be that people don't want exactly. to show if people up. People don't want to watch it, Dunn then don't watch the show. Yeah. Right. And if, if enough people don't want to, essentially they're canceled. The same way, exactly. Any show that's not good is is canceled. You know, exactly I, I right. Agree but, with that. Yeah. But you know, um, uh, people have a right to be an asshole as long as they're not actually physically harming or 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 being abusive in a way that is you know uh, or, or 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 using their power to 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 abuse people and things like that like i said to my boss recently i was things, like there's tons of laws about being aggressive there's no laws about being passive aggressive <laughs> right, right <laughs> exactly that's that's funny but yeah i mean you know look i think ultimately like like people should have the right to 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 say dumb um uh things or, or 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 be jerks um that's that's their right to do it and we have a right not to uh to listen to them or pay or 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 or, or purchase right. their 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 things and not everything has to be you know um the sort of mandated like but whatever at the same time companies have a right to not want right. people acting like that representing them so 
it, it, it's a you know it is the a, word uh, cancel gets thrown around too much as if it's somebody with a rubber stamp going they thou shall never work again it's really no, a lot of right. it is business decisions and it's it, it, it's true it's true what, what i think what what ultimately it is 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 really just sort of this like it, it almost feels like there's this like mob that decides whether a person is acceptable or not suddenly and it and they're small it's like a small loud portion of people go oh well uh, everyone says that person sucks uh right, right now so let's not can't can't listen to anything that person uh you know like and when that becomes 95 percent of that person's press coverage then the perception of the problem is so much bigger than the actual then it's like you're reacting based on the perception and not on the actual you know whatever 100%. they did you know yeah so but i also think like you're saying i think there's also uh, what does it say about our society i think it also says that we we become very desensitized to a lot of shit too you know like, yeah like there's it's just like when the when the bar keeps moving and moving and moving about what like actually shocks us or um you know it's it's uh i find that a lot because i so i'm not i don't watch a lot of movies i looked up the other anymore i am so much into other mediums so like when i watch a movie i don't watch it for the same reasons i used to i was a big like fellini fan i still love like kubrick stuff like that but now it's like um give me money plane give me like these mm -hmm. movies that are just fun and just people are taking big swings i love stuff like that so cool. like when, when i when i do stumble upon i'm scared to watch some of your horror movies i'm gonna try to watch them i feel like i'm gonna get like i almost when i saw when i saw the movie um the rizza movie the man with the iron fist i think that's what it's called mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. that they showed the texas chainsaw massacre trailer where like this woman runs out of the house and she hides in a coffin and then you hear leatherface tiptoeing up and the, pull the chain so i almost had to leave the theater i don't fucking panic attack <laughs> I really? was like, so i'm a little i feel like yeah. i'm not as desensitized as a lot of people so when i dip my toe into something i'm not used to like i'm like holy shit like my girlfriend's been watching yellow jackets and i'm like this is where we're at now <laughs> wild yeah, jackets is pretty crazy yeah. yeah yeah it's a pretty crazy show i'm watching that too but uh yeah i you know that's first of all that's a big admission from you i, I thought you're i thought you're a big tough guy so I, oh yeah. i'm not a big tough guy oh you, I... you know i'd see my painted nails no i noticed i noticed i noticed i noticed i noticed i think you have to be tough to wear those nails though so yeah um anyway but uh listen uh i i personally don't i mean i wouldn't find my stuff scary so um but but yeah check it out like check out um yeah i don't know um, I'll watch whatever because like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch most of your stuff. Like I mentioned before, I got on the elliptical yesterday. I planned on which is where I do a lot of my research with this podcast. I planned on watching 60 minutes of altitude within 15 minutes. I was like, I'm I'm making it all the way through. I was so in on that movie. And there's That's parts awesome. I, I want I would like to bring up, but I don't want to ruin people who might watch it. But I will just say that that let me see, I've been talking about it. The way that some of those people, a lot of the people were saved at one point in the end um i was so excited for it but it did leave uh, me uh, wondering how many made it yeah 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 well thank you man no it, 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 it that's i'm i'm so glad yeah that was a really tough movie to shoot that was also a very quick a very quick story well, i imagine because it must have been all been shot most of it at least was shot on like one set or like you know yeah, it's contained yeah, in a know, plane like, for yeah. better or for worse you know well what what you don't i mean you may not realize is like i mean because you can see how much of that movie like there's a lot of turbulence or like steep in in kind we didn't have a, a gimbal for that set at all like that's oh, it really flat on flat on a studio yeah flat on a studio ground you didn't have we two guys shaking the wings on either side <laughs> no we couldn't do any of that so we were you know it was a lot of like we would have the camera on on like a, a slider and like they'd be doing a camera move and it'd be like uh, like you know we want to have a little turbulence so i would literally be standing next to the camera guy like tapping the 
tapping the the thing so it would just feel like natural sort of turbulence as it's moving or but like we would do stuff like where we had to like you know wires to 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 pull up the open the uh, overhead compartments and and pull out bags and we had uh we had our actress on a on a skateboard at one point and we're like sliding her down the thing because it's on a steep incline and yeah, yeah it was crazy it was crazy the stuff that we have to do to kind of like you know um to, to make that to make it work because I, I yeah it, it, and we had to do it quickly and we had to uh do that movie was that was that was a crazy shoot that was a crazy crazy shoot i um, loved but... your introduction to Dolph Lundgren i love the way you oh, shot you. that and i loved just like he's got so much character in his face and he's someone too who over the years people are like oh there's really something to him like he's 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 got a lot of yeah. presence yeah. a lot of gravitas no, just, gets a lot of good roles now like yeah, i love just the way times. he looked and the way he moved in that oh man that's awesome thank you man yeah no he was he was really fun to work with he's a really smart guy he you he really gets into the like he really gets into the roles he like does a lot of thinking about it he does want to do a lot of conversations i love that i mean i love actors who who commit to that level and and put that kind of thought into the work that they're doing so uh you know he was a he was a pleasure to work with and uh yeah we had fun i actually did a, a comedy with him too and that one you should watch yes he, he he's uh he's actually really funny and uh yeah, I mean, you have to be smart to be funny. You know, you yeah. just, you can't, you can't, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so he's great. He, he's great to work with. Um, I love Denise but, Richards in the movie too. Like awesome. she, she's someone who um, obviously like there's, you know, she's been painted a certain way at some points in her career for personal life stuff, but she shows the fuck up. Like she mm -hmm. was like, mm -hmm. I bought her as that like FBI agent who didn't really know where her career was going, but she was in like, even the way I remember just the way she was chewing on some snacks when she first met the um little Tom, the Tom Holland dude. I can't, I'm sorry. I don't know yeah. his name, but I kept yeah, being yeah, like, if you that, said yeah. that was Tom yeah. Holland, you would have got yeah. away with it. hundred percent, hundred percent. And the way she was just eating, I was just like, she's doing, making some great choices here. And I just, yeah. I love seeing her like kick um Chuck Liddell's ass and great oh, yeah. job with him too. You really got Thank the most out of, out of him. Like I, Thank you, man. And thank you yeah that was fun that was a lot of fun it was a, it was it was yeah like i said it was an insane shoot like insane uh very very uh very difficult very difficult but uh, i'm definitely proud of what we were able to pull off on it because it, it was it was um yeah it, it was it was a lot it was a lot of work that one uh uh were you involved in casting of that um yes well sort of so that movie was originally gonna have completely different cast um and uh um a much i would say like the kind of movie that would be a sort of a more serious cast right mm -hmm. uh i don't mean that in any way against it just just to me it was it was a different movie when we were making that one. this this and, is an over-the-top action movie is, is right sort of well we sort of leaned into that as mm -hmm. as the casting sort of went in this direction um what happened with what well, i don't want to i'm not gonna name names but we had some some big actors attached to it and it sort of became a, a scheduling issue with with one of them and then we were gonna have to push and uh common problem which is why Always. if you hear, hear a lot of movies that you think you're gonna get made or someone's attached to a movie they're not a lot of it is just stuff like that is that you can't it's you totally. know, timing totally and so um so yeah so that was uh which is why we never we we didn't get Magnum PI as um uh as Indiana Jones. Exactly, and uh, <laughs> and, and unfortunately, un and, and, and it's an unfortunate thing because everybody wanted everybody wanted uh, Tom Selleck, Tom Selleck uh, yeah, yeah uh, over uh, over um 
uh, Harrison Ford. Ford. Well, the reason I asked yeah. about the casting is because, it, so obviously, you know, this is, you know, you spent a decent amount of chunk of change was spent on that, but it wasn't like a super, super high budget. So I was starting to think about the way the casting budget is. Do you, do you, the decision between spending that maybe on like one or two really big stars or what you guys did is you gathered this real motley crew of people that all contributed perfectly. Like, right. like right. Chuck Liddell was used perfectly in that film. And I right. loved, I didn't, I, I knew the face, but I didn't recognize that it was, um, Jonathan Lipnicki from Jerry Maguire mm -hmm. was yeah, the yeah. I'm like who is his flight attendant he's wonderful yeah. he's a good and it's buddy, like man. everybody who you cast you got it seems like you got the, the most out of them and you use them perfectly you, and I, I couldn't figure it. out who um, Greer, Greer Grammer I knew her from Awkward which is one of my favorite shows from back in the day on MTV I'm like where did I see so much of her she was so good on that show and I really yeah. love that movie man. yeah no it was oh, fun man it, it was fun I, I appreciate you saying that thank you man I, I mean that's something I uh, I I take pride in sort of uh, uh, working with actors to to really try to to to, to um, I, I'm I, I I consider myself an actor's director. So I, it's important to me how the shots look. It's important to me um, all these things, but it's also equally important to me, not more so that that the actors feel safe um, to 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 work in this environment have have ownership over their, over their characters that we're able to make pivots and things on the script to make it feel like more where they can bring as much of, of themselves or the characters that they're, that they, that they're connecting with. They're not um, just reciting lines. Their, their job is to add something to it. Their job is right. to, no, to bring something and to be it. present in those places. And, and, and so make choices for me. Exactly. And so I, I, I love the process of working with actors who really want to work and that's really my biggest thing when i when i um when i pick people to work with is it's it's people who are committed to to doing the job and working and i don't you know it's like it's the same way that it, to me it's it's i would rather have i would rather not have uh huge uh, like enormous stars or names and the baggage that comes with them sometimes right and look it's it's great to work with those the people who who want if they're a big star and they want to come to work that's that's fabulous right um if they're sort of just wanting to show up get a paycheck sit in their trailer they want to do what they i, right. I can tell you that there have been a couple times where an, an actor even on this film altitude i won't name names where on day one i was getting that that vibe and i would and i would pull them off set I, literally one actor in particular i pulled offset um and i said look well I, I i so we did one take i gave a note this person sort of act, acted like sort of passive aggressively did the note right yeah like uh, almost acting like they didn't know what i was trying to say gave you nothing usable was, right and so and I could see that, like, this is going to be a thing, like, uh, if you're starting they, there, where are you going to end up, essentially? <laughs> right, right. And they had, a, they had a significant role. And they, by the way, I had a tremendous time working with this person, but yeah. this is what happened. Uh, so I could see very early on that, like, okay, they, this person is either testing me because they don't know what kind of movie this is going to be, like, because they can see this, maybe they, they're looking around thinking, this is going to be garbage. I, yeah. I, I don't. Where's I, the I'm guy that's supposed to be shaking the wings of the plane? Right, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So I pull, I, I literally, one take, and I said, hey, uh, can I come talk to you? We went to the back of the plane where <laughs> there were no extras in the back at that moment uh, uh, or wherever we were, right? 
And uh, I said, look, what kind of what kind of movie do you want to make? Do you want to, if you just want to show up here and you just want me to uh, uh, call cut after the first take and hey, this is what we want to do, then I'll just send everybody home early. We won't I won't waste time trying to make a better movie. If you want to if you want to come here and work with me and and then I will. I, then I feel like we can do something really cool. I, I will, I will always protect you. I will work with you to, you know, but right. like either we work together and we try to do something here, or if you just want to give me what you want to give me. And, and then we, we take off uh, to this actor's credit. They, and, and a lot of actors who have names would have been very offended at that or could have said, to, you know, or could have, could have taken that very personally. This actor I, I sort of felt like they were going to um, take the challenge and, and they were going to hear, hear me get a wake up call. And, and like this actor went back, did the work next day, called me into their trailer and thanked me for having that conversation uh, with them. And uh, we had a, a tremendous time working with, like absolutely tremendous time working together and um, they gave everything. So I'm not trying to, I don't want to say who it was, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but yeah, exactly. I've had, it, I've had it with other actors too. Yeah. Right. That stuff like that can be huge. That it's like you can either take this moment and make it into a big problem, or take this moment and attempt to fix it. I've seen a lot of people in my life who've gotten that moment and they made the exact wrong decision, and it became personal quickly, and it just doesn't work. It's like hundred percent. You know, you're appealing. This person is there because they wanted to be an actor and they worked hard in an actor. If you appeal to that that thing inside that person, most likely they're going to step up to it. You no. Know? Well, yeah. I mean, this is one of the things that I feel like as a director, um, and that I've always sort of. I, 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 there's a lot of psychology that goes into it. And I don't mean that as like manipulation. I mean that I, 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 I talk to them a lot. I, I, I get an understanding of, of who they are, what they're going to come with, what they need to do their work, like what kind of environment they need, what kind of preparation yep. they need, what, what they need for me to give them. Um, different strokes like, for different what, folks too, because right, everybody's right. different. Everyone's different, and every actor has a different process. And for me, it's about adapting to what every one of them needs to give them the. I'm not trying to have them come to my set and just do X Y Z. I want to create an environment for them that uh, feels creative, that feels safe. So I always let. And, and one of the big things I tell all of the actors I work with is, I'm never going to lie to you. I don't lie. I, I will not lie to you. I won't tell you we got something we didn't get. Right. I won't tell you I think something's good when I don't think it's good. Uh, I, I won't bullshit you if I don't. And have you've always an been like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think it's important. I think yeah, transparency is. on these sets is not Don't waste someone's time. Especially from your director. Well, yeah. I, look, if I don't have an answer, I'm not going to bullshit an answer. Right. I'm going to tell you, you know what? I don't have an answer for that. Let's work it out together, and I'll, I'll collaborate with you, and we'll figure out why some. Uh, why, you know, if it's something I just have in my head and I don't really know why, and, and you you're seeing it a different way, let's talk it out. Let's let's come to the right conclusion on it. But there's no need to be. Uh, to me, having that sort of in environment where they know that they can trust me, um, that they know that sitting behind the monitor, I'm actually looking out for them, and that I'm going to tell them what I see, and and um, and they know. If they, to me, that helps free them up, so they don't have to be thinking about is this working? Is that like right. they're free to just like let it go? And if I tell them something, once they start to trust me, then they, even if they don't see it right away, they might try something. That they, it's developing that trust. Um, um, and if I, I might throw something out and say, Oh, can you try this and that? And I go, Oh, you know what? You're right. That doesn't work. But let's, yeah. you were what your instinct was way better than that. Mine. That's not working. But and like, it's like, there's no three words that'll help win somebody over ever than you are right. 
it's like and there's so, it's like just admitting when someone else is right and giving them that their their flowers in that moment is huge for everybody in their day-to-day -day life we talked i talked my last episode with someone we talked about the idea of kinder than you have to be is is like people that are kinder than you have to be goes a, a real long way 100 you know? and i and that's my sort of philosophy on every set that i am on i you know i can't say that i've always like I, or I've never yelled or had a moment where I was angry or or that somebody's feelings didn't get hurt. But I can tell you that I do make a concerted effort to show gratitude and appreciation for everybody on the set, no matter how big or small the job. I want people to be happy coming to the set. I want people to feel appreciated when they leave set. I, I, I don't ever want anyone to feel abused or mistreated in any way. I, I have a lot, I like personally don't ever want to yell at anybody who doesn't have the ability to yell back at me. Yes. Uh, um, I feel very uncomfortable yelling at people. It depends on me. I, I don't, I can't do it. it. These, these sets get very emotional and right. very high tension. And a lot, of, lot of, a lot of hot lights, a lot of, you know. Yeah. And you're like trying to move quickly and da, 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 and, and sometimes people get angry or somebody's doing something or, or they need to be snapped out of something. Like sometimes what I'll do, if there's like sluggishness going on, because I'm a really nice guy on set. I'm really nice. Like, and sometimes a crew can start to see that and they can maybe be a little, start to get a little more lax or the crew's not moving as quickly or everybody's having a little bit too much fun. Uh, people are drinking some of the beers in the fridge or they're, you know, whatever, yeah. like, or they're talking, chatting a little bit too much, whatever. And that's fine. I mean, like, I want people to be fine, uh, to have fun, but we do need to get the work done and we need to be moving. So if I start to get upset or if there's talking going on, you know, like too much talking going on while we're doing a take and, and now I'm losing time because we have to do it again because people out there weren't, shutting down the set i'm i'll start to get angry loudly but not directed at anybody and i'll still yeah. have i'll be very clear that the like, warning I, shot. <laughs> I really don't want to start to, i really don't want to start to get upset i'm i'm trying to be really nice to everybody here please guys i'm asking like and i'll start to get upset I'll, I'll show that i'm i'm getting frustrated i'm getting upset without and that there's going to be an escalation to it uh but without without ever directly like pointing at somebody and, and singling them out and making them feel right uh you know what i mean it's like that it's like the teacher yelling at the entire class because one kid pissed all over the seat in, in the in the yeah. you know in the bathroom but like letting everybody know not okay but not embarrassing anybody you know specifically like right. knowing like i know that was because even so, if like the one person did something wrong and you singled them out every other person there is getting is sort of then feeling fearful that it could be them next over something it's just not it's just not an environment the pendulum too far in the other direction it's just not yeah exactly it's just not an environment i want to be on anyway um and i i don't like i really don't like like somebody has to be really cancerous on a set for me to start like focusing on them and going dude this person is literally like like i because i'm very tolerant and i'm very patient with a lot of stuff so somebody has to be causing problems rippling ripple problems or or, or <clears throat> causing too much trouble in a, in a way that's like making other people uh get kind of sort of drawn into it yeah but for the most part i mean i i really make an effort i, I i've never left the set without shaking every single person's hand on the set and thanking them um and and greeting every person on the set when i come to work because i on my first movie on across the hall um I was so hyper-focused on the work, so hyper-focused on the work. I didn't do that the first like two days. And um, I remember a producer like mentioned something to me about how some of them, I, I, first of all, I was scared. I was 
I was oh just, yeah I was first time and you, you were lucky you weren't puking <laughs> on a big uh dude i i mean i had moments i would have been willie beeman out there <laughs> i mean I'm, yeah i'm on a, i'm on a on universal set a huge crew yeah and and my first movie and i have so little time to do it big uh, actors big actors uh not everybody's being easy right and and i had a, a nightmare sort of some set of circumstances in, in some cases uh like you wouldn't believe the first two days and um so yeah so i wasn't i i was being i was kind of keeping to myself and focusing so much and like zipping around and just kind of just talking to only the people that and and somebody just sort of like opened my eyes to like dude you know you're not really and I, I and I was stunned when he told me that because I was okay. I wasn't being I wasn't trying to be rude to anybody I just was stunned when he said that so it was actually the best thing that anybody ever said to me because I, I actually like day three I I had a meeting with the entire crew I let everybody know how much I appreciate them and apologize you know and since that day I've never I've just never I, I want I've made such an effort to to walk around every crew member every cast member every person who's there I don't care if they're an extra I don't care if they're a PA. Like, and, and just like, give them some time, talk to them, whatever they, you know, and like, and, and try to let them know that I appreciate them and um, encourage them and do whatever you can to like, just make it, make a set that feels like you want to come to work and you don't really want to leave. Like you're right. like you're, you're, you're creating a family. People want to be there. Everybody's contributing. Everybody's contributions are appreciated. And to me, that's just the kind of environment that fosters um, goodwill and creativity. Um, right. And so it may not be, you know, it may not be uh, everything you want it to be. It may not be, um, it may not have the, uh, but it, it's it's the best thing it could have possibly been under the circumstances that you had to, to create it. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's what I'm always trying to do. What you're sort of talking around too is the concept of self-awareness, which comes up a bunch here too, that it's like, there's really, no matter what you're doing, if you can, if you can get to a point where you're self-aware, you're going to be a thousand times better. Because of all of these people that are assholes, like you, you mentioned, you ran rub people the wrong way. You didn't know you were doing that. There's a lot of people who go through their entire lives doing stuff like that and not realizing how their actions. If you can get self awareness, it, it makes a huge difference, and that that, that also yeah. gives you the ability to treat different people different. Like you said before, based on who they are, is that if you're self aware, you're more tuned to how other people act and what yeah. they may need in that moment, how their needs may change, and it's like it's a huge tool. It'll help you no matter what you're doing. Um, hundred percent. Hundred percent. There's uh, there's an interesting like um, uh, diagram, and I can't remember the name of, of it, but it's like a psychological. It's like a it's like a window pane, um, of like four different quadrants of of like awareness, and it's like things that you know about yourself that nobody knows. Yes. Things you know about yourself that other people do know. Things um, other people know about you that you know, and things that other people know about you that you don't know. Um, yeah. and it's like, and those are like, those are the things that kind of complete who you are. Um, that last and, one's a tough one yeah. to hear for a yes. lot of people. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 for sure. Like when you don't know something about yourself and everybody thinks it, or everybody knows this about you, but yeah. you have no idea. It's not a place anybody really wants to be. I, I've, I sometimes had these has... moments where like, I'm like, what if I did something like really gross in high school that I forgot about, that I didn't even know anybody saw. And that's what everybody thinks of when they say my name. It's like, sometimes I'll wake up with this. Oh, I moment. know. I know. It's like, there's uh, someone, these are those people. That's all they did something messed up. And that's all they're known from. Like, what, well, is I mean, that, that's, what if that's me? And no one's ever told me. <laughs> well, that's like, I mean, that's sort of the fear in grade school when you don't really know like social etiquette and you yeah. don't know everything that's, that's proper. And, 
you start to like see people laughing at you for something that you didn't realize was was dumb or or you say something that you didn't realize yeah it sounds funny and, and, and like you were learning those things and that is one of the biggest fears you know it's like that's because those are the worst moments when you're in grade school it's just like you know it's like when you're a kid and you're learning like uh I just look like an idiot because I just said this and I didn't realize that was dumb or that yeah. it sounded like this or one kid said oh dude you you know that it's just like that stuff is yeah, you know, that's the stuff of nightmares for sure. I got a so. bunch of because I I mean I'm not to drop a bombshell on you, but I I identify as non-binary these days. I don't know if I I'm not like overly public about it, but like it's something I felt my entire life. So there are all these moments in my childhood where I remember doing things that were probably outside of like my gender, and then hindsight it makes so much more sense. But I remember being tremendously embarrassing back in like in like the mid '80s, and you're just like you know, the long journey it took me to realize that who I was, that was mm-hmm. that nice moment at the end. I'm like, oh, those moments were okay. That's you know, really, and it's like, really, no one's I'm really thinking fascinated about by that. I, I'm really fascinated by that. And and can I ask you a question about that? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. What, it, how do you, how do you, how, I'm just curious, how, sincerely, like, what does that feel like? How do you feel that you're, how do you, what does it feel like to, to not identify it. I think. It's it's interesting because it's so it's something that I've come to in the past maybe several years, uh, maybe like five years or so. But it's it feels like, um, you know, like if I'm somebody who obviously you know I'm not telling tales out of school that a lot of men act differently when when you're only around other men, mm-hmm. and it's like you definitely hear men say things, you know, especially you know in the past maybe more so than now when you're younger, but you hear things that like they wouldn't say around other women. I always felt to some degree, like I was that woman in the room, you know, and maybe woman is too, is too far, but I I found myself in many situations standing up for, for other genders or um, orientations in rooms that might've been uncomfortable and being surprised that I was the only one. Right. And that happened to me a lot. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? So, cause I felt like I did that a lot too, but I, I guess I felt like in those instances, I didn't feel like I was personally offended. I just felt I felt offended for other people. But I felt so personally, you feel offended. personally offended. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Because I know I react differently when something offends me personally than when something just offends me like um, in the hypothetical or just in like the, the global like morality thing. I felt mm-hmm. it very personally. I've always felt like I've always felt I guess the best way to put it is gay without being attracted to men is is mm-hmm. sort of something that i felt my entire life i felt it a strange affinity. what does that mean what i i i think that's fascinating like i think about like what does that how, what does that feel like what is, that, this is, what this is how, i would say this is one of the first times i've ever really vocalized this because i don't it's not yeah. something that comes up a lot but like yeah. it feels like um you know what it kind of feels like and i i hope this isn't the worst way to put it but um you know some people that are maybe half black and half white don't often feel accepted by either side Mm-hmm. that's what it sort of would feel like a lot for me where it seemed like I felt like a lot, maybe this is internalizing, but I felt like, and I'm not really answering your question either, but I'll get to it. But like people would look at me sometimes like I was, like I was a spy for either side. So if I had a lot of female friends, people would look at it and go, well, he's trying to get with one of them, but it wasn't the case, you know, or if I had, you know, or if I hung out with, it, is, it felt like I never fully fit in an environment because even at the moment, if I felt comfortable with all those females, like there was always the someone being like, oh, but you're just there because of her. And I'm like, he, it's hard to explain, but it's like there's a there's a level of comfort that I feel. You, in myself. you felt like you felt bonded with them in a different way. You felt like right. a part in a of way that when I tried to explain to my but my you weren't able peers, to like be a part it. of it. 
I, right. I see what you're saying. And when yeah. like I would try to talk about relationships with some of my male friends, our views on them were so completely different that it would it would feel like people of different genders talking. So I mean, okay. then that's sort of like, and it was like even like painting my my nails. Like right now, I'm wearing Billie Eilish Jordans. I mean, it's my first mm-hmm. pair of. Uh, I had to get a size 14.5 women's shoes. I couldn't find it in men's, but it's like stuff like <laughs> right. that would feel weird. But like now, it's like I kind of feel weird when I'm not like that. So that's cool, man, dude. That's fucking awesome. I mean, it's, I, it was I, a big I appreciate you. Wait. I appreciate you talking to me about it because you know it's it's such. Uh, I, I always want to accept everybody, but sometimes just overly accepting things you don't you can never really get to a full appreciation or understanding of, of what people right. are going through because just, just like, like rubber okay, stamping I, the yes that's right I, I don't want yeah like i don't want to offend or i don't want to i don't want to say anything that sounds offensive in any way i don't want to ask too much about it or ask the wrong question or, you know and and um so you know it's like I, I have no problem with anybody doing anything that they that that makes them happy or feel feels like who they are i just i'm i'm just very curious i, I think i've never actually been so curious since until you really like mentioned me because i've known you for so long uh, about like what what is it what does it actually like feel like and feel free to ask me other questions after too if you don't want to ask me yeah but there is one thing too i'll tell you this is why i get so upset about the way that um people respond to trans and and non and just a clarification i'm not i I don't consider myself trans i'm non-binary i I feel like Mm -hmm. as whatever but like so when I, one of the big things that made a difference for me is when I started, um, I moved recently, I'm living out like by Northampton, which is a lot, I think probably a more accepting, you know, probably further swinging left area. But like, I started painting my nails and dressing a little differently in like, no, not like, I'm not wearing like dresses, but I'm just like, maybe dressing a little like, you know, more stylish and more coordinated and stuff. And the people like that used to like randomly come up to me and see me wearing like a Red Sox hat and say all this crazy stuff about sports and then said, almost always say something in some way that offends me, they've stopped talking to me. And all the people that like, I'll see if I go into a coffee place and there's someone who's a little maybe more like me that probably wouldn't have talked to me before. And I was just dressed in my Brooks Brothers, whatever, going to work. They're more friendly to me. So even when I go in the world now, I'm attracting more of the attention from the people that I want to, that feel kinship to, but less to the people that just feel like, hey, you know, just let's drink six beers and like, you know. That's awesome. And so that's why when people, when you want people to hide who they are, it's so absurd because you're robbing people of ever feeling comfortable. I feel comfortable who I am. I just don't every get the game. point. I, I I also don't get the point of like why can't you just be secure in who you are to not feel like anybody else being who they are is a threat to who you are as a person or your, you know, your identity or your own sort of like it, it, people have this idea of of like this infiltration, like it's a disease is spreading, but it's not a disease is spreading. It's people becoming more comfortable admitting who they are. That's and, exactly what and, it is. And, and, um, and, and not feeling like they have to hide themselves and be miserable and, and do things, you know, that, that just, that, you know, I, well, I the big never... problem is religion, I think, because the problem with a lot of, you know, I was raised Catholic, I'm not anymore, but like the problem is once you start pulling on that thread where you start doubting even one or two things you're being told, you're risking everything crashing down. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to pull on that thread. Yeah, well, it is. It is religion because it's also, it's, it's it, there are so many people who are denying who they are in, who are parts of the, those religions, right? right. Who, who are literally in that, and it, become, it creates this like, like if you have some kind of fear that you could possibly become something that you don't like, in a, like that you could, be, that you would be ashamed of or that your right. community yeah, yeah, would, yeah, exactly. would, would, then ca- would cast I have, you aside. I have, ba- I have very bad news for you. you yeah. you're, you're very likely denying who you actually are. Yep. 
because I've never had a fear that I'm going to become something I'm not, uh, I'm not already comfortable being. Right. I never yeah. had a fear that, that, that being, being, you know, like being good friends with, you know, with, with gay people or some other, it just like that, that's going to somehow convert me into feeling like, I, like I've had, right. I, I've had great friends. Uh, and, and you just think like, what like, it's always to me sounded so strange that people are like these people who so identify as masculine are so afraid of losing their masculinity and right. they are definitely wearing it like a shield because it's a very like a very shallow sort of like uh, you know uh, yeah. front and 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 it's it, i i've never felt the need to like to like indulge in that shit but but i i find it really interesting that like to me it's like the people who 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 you know pro protest too much? Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Because why are you? What are you so afraid? Of? Like, what are you scared of, dude? Like, what are you scared of? I'm not afraid when I'm hanging out with my dog that I'm gonna start, suddenly start eating dog food and yeah. and running around. Ch you know, like I, I don't. I, it doesn't. I don't have this fear that I can't. Like, my dog is my best friend. Right. I don't still walk around worrying I'm gonna become start humping legs and shit. Right. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So it just—it's just... well. The, the other thing too is like this is—I wrote this line in this song a few years ago. I've been patting myself in the back ever since. But it's something like, um, you can't lie to yourself and be honest with somebody else. And it's right. like so it was real. My relationships—that's really were a cool. Lot, That's yeah, a very my, cool line. My relationships are a lot better now because I wasn't intentionally lying to myself. I didn't have all the information I need to fill out the picture of how I felt. But like, um, I was in like an eleven-year relationship. We were engaged. We never got married. That ended about five years ago. We're still super close. It was all good. But like, when I got out of there, I kind of felt like permission to have my life back again because it was mm -hmm. like I had my life on the other side, that's but pretty, I didn't know, what to, know what to do with it. Awesome. And then on the other side, I had it back, but now I, I could appreciate it. And that's where I started awesome. with the music again and getting back into it and stuff like that. Dude, that's that's amazing and that's awesome. And by the way, before I get canceled, I have to say that I, uh, I'm not equating. Uh, anybody to a dog by the way so oh no i i did i didn't no first of all let me just also say i, I put my dog above any human that i know anyway same um, with my cats to start to start so so but i'm certainly not i'm not equating any any yeah. any uh anything um to 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 being a dog i just you know you know how everyone's offended by something i remember like this david cross joke he told on stand up that i love he's like he's like i think women are smarter than men and everybody goes nuts and he goes but I think dogs are smarter than women and the crowd just got like silent. And he's like, I have to admit that was a joke. I'm going to tell a lot of them here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love There's that. a man who got canceled and kept on marching and nothing bad happened. It's sort of what I hate to say this, but I kind of wish what Al, Frank, what Al Franken did. Oh, I, I don't have to say that. I we, wish he had done that. We too. could really use Al Franken right now. 100%. He was fabulous. And yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I loved uh, watching him just clips of like on CNN, just busting someone's like balls taking, in Congress. Taking people down. Yeah. Like Stuart smiling my ass, motherfucker. <laughs> I know. He was, he, he was awesome. He was awesome. Yeah. Not uh, to condone whatever yeah. he did. But no, no, just... but I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's sort of like the, the Bill Burr sort of thing. It's just like, just don't listen to the noise and just do yeah. your thing. And well, so yeah. what obviously what our former president has mastered, and it's like it's something that clearly, people on the other side are it, not as comfortable doing. Hundred percent. Like he doesn't apologize for anything. Yeah, shamelessly not apologizing and not acknowledging any wrongdoing and just right. moving forward. But you know, it, it I, I, look, it's good to take accountability for things, but you can't apologize to everybody all the time for everything. That's really ultimately the right. thing. You can't, yep. Yep. You can't. Yeah. You know, everyone is 
if you, you know, if you try to make everybody happy all the time, you're going to end up making nobody happy any of the time. Especially so yourself. Just, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit what you're working on now. I mean, I know you got something in the background. Uh, I don't want to, it's, you know, as with anybody working on a project, you don't want to share more than you can. You, sometimes you're contractually not obligated to, but I know you got a lot of irons in the fire. Um, you I did do. mention to me that you're, you had sent me a text with some people that you're working with. And I, it was like one name jumped out and that was Kelsey Grammer, because mm -hmm. I am like, I told you before, I've had Frasier reboot as a Google alert for a long time. Um, a lot of Fraser connections. James Oliver mm -hmm. was in across the mm -hmm. hall. He's done a bunch of episodes of the Fraser. You worked with Greer Grammar. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit what's going on with Kelsey because I love this dude and I could watch him at anything. Uh, I mean, he's uh an extremely, extremely talented actor, as you already know. He's gravitas beyond yeah. just gravitas. Yeah, and, and and shockingly, um, um more there there isn't any there isn't any like ego and uh comes to work and he and he's and he's committed to the work and there's no there's none of the diva stuff there's no right. you know he's a he's 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 tremendous he's a tremendous tremendous actor um, even what i remember i watched him first that even when he had some personal problems he still showed up and did his job on fraser and did it extremely well you know, yeah, that takes yeah. a lot. It takes a lot to pull yourself together on a bad day to really do something that's going to last and be funny for 20 years. And the dude's a pro. 100%. 100%. So that's his memoir um, is amazing. He reads the audio book. I listened to it. I laughed. I cried. Oh, I mean, great. his voice is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I could, yeah you could, exactly. Yeah. I could listen to him read anything. You could read the, the ingredients on the cereal box. I'll, I'll listen to that too. So yeah. that sounds great. Yeah. So he, yeah, no, he's, he's tremendous. Um, I think he's, um awesome in the film um that's a movie that is still currently in production um i don't think i can say the title of it yet. that's fine yeah leave it out uh, It'll be, it's, but you know. yeah but it's a it's a really it's a really fun film it's got a great cast like a tremendous cast um this film behind me uh i also don't know if i can say this is for sony um and is currently in the final stages of post-production and um which is happening literally right now <laughs> happening right now uh, happened right before you started probably getting, after 100 percent. like we're we're just del delivered the first reel trying to get the second reel in by tonight or tomorrow um and uh yeah it's been a it's been a really um uh i, I don't know i don't know who if i can mention names in it um it's if got, it helps, this won't be out for two months. Um, but even uh, it, it's like Google it. If if you're watching this Google. and you want to know who's in it, just Google it. You know, yeah, there's a good chance yeah. a trailer might even be out. Yeah. depending on when you're watching this, this will live forever. It, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but it, it's got a, it's got a good it's got a very good cast. It's got a very good cast. It's um it's it's um it's got some got some war in it, and it's got some some fighting in it. Uh, like street fighting, like MMA kind of street fighting um, so what is it what is that's actually something i wanted to ask you about now obviously in when we were shooting films back in the day we weren't doing action scenes what was it like learning how to be an action director because I, I there was a lot of great action in altitude um obviously there's stuff going on in the background there like, uh, well, yeah, how, how do you learn because that's something obviously chris williams didn't teach us back at bu <laughs> right how right. do you learn that on the fly um you know i think the it, it's hard i think the thing that that prepared me most for it was working in tv um 
which uh, that was something I had to really learn on the fly because it was something I'd never really, um, I, I did, I did several seasons of a show, um, with HBO, um, and we were filming in Romania. And, um, what I learned was like, you know, cause when I was just going to that, I'd only done film and, uh, I thought very much in like sequence, sequence of shots and not in coverage, not in like how to sort of, how to sort of block, um, adjust and cover a scene uh, when it comes to like, I would literally be like, so from this part of the script, this part of the script is this shot. And it's like, it's going to look like this. And then I go to this shot and it's going to look like this. And that that's for me. Like, and I, I would just have every shot and edit in my head. You can't do that in television. Hey, you can't, you don't, you, you don't have the, the luxury of like perfecting all these little pieces. Right. Yep. And secondly, you just don't have the time to, to, to do that. So what you do what you end up doing is you, you, you to put a scene on its back, you, you come, you bring your actors in to, a, to, a, to your set. Um, everybody who's in the scene, clear everybody out, uh, have them kind of run through the scene and we kind of very lightly kind of throw our idea of where this should be staged. And then as I'm watching it, I start to make adjustments to it. I'll watch them go through it and then I'll go, okay, uh, this is pretty good. Why don't we just have you over here? So at the very end, I can, or you know how does this feel or let's let's kind of come over here so we're not up against this wall or doing this stuff whatever these things right you kind of just figure out where you want to be so that you can start to figure out where like you know and then start to put the shots together in my head i'll bring my my um uh, now this depends on sort of the timing so sometimes i'll run through that stuff with the cinematographer in, in the room with me so that, that he can kind of be giving me like you know what we, we just turn this way a little bit we can be looking down this way it'll look nicer or whatever it is right um or we can get a shot through here but only for like setup this way you know that kind of stuff and then um you know and then you bring your whole like crew in you show that well now you've kind of perfected exactly where it's going to be you, you make you set your marks set the light you know you send everybody through the works and you set your lane all that stuff same kind of thing with action um basically you you have a, a general idea of where you want this scene to be taking place and some of the big pieces that need to happen working with a stunt coordinator and and, and a fight choreographer who basically like you, you kind of talk them through what needs to happen and what kind of beats need to happen. And they, and they're, they're working with, they, they bring in their stunt guys. You're not, you're not blocking with the actors yet. You, depending on who is going to be performing these action scenes, you typically want to have um, the actors have the ability to weigh in if they want to uh, about what they're able to do, what they're going to feel comfortable doing. Um, what like you what know, insurance uh, will allow them to do? I'm sure some is a factor. sure, yeah. Or I mean, look, you can always cover things with stunt doubles and things like that. The idea is really that like you want them. This is their character, right? You don't want to suddenly go, hey, so then you're doing this, and they're like, right. I wouldn't be. You can't just I be somebody who's like knitting yeah. there as an old lady, and then just be doing backflips and then go back. Right, exactly, the exactly. So they they need to sort of have be able to weigh in on on their own sort of uh, input into how that how that could feel like their character you don't like the worst thing is having like somebody who like you know is only going to throw a couple like who feels like he's just like a, a, a but suddenly he's like a martial artist but he's clearly never studied martial arts and it's not like yeah. that's not his thing right he's doing like these flying back kicks and that's not like you know so so yeah so you bring in them they start to uh work it out uh in front of you and then they then you basically sh like run through it you, you look at it in the in the space make any kind of adjustments there and um and then you basically, I like to cover stuff um, as much with the stunt guys first to kind of see the whole thing through. 
and then pick up the pieces that, that we're going to be doing with our actors. And again, sometimes the actors want to do everything. Sometimes they want to do almost nothing and they just want to be like, you know, in, in these little pieces. Um, it's, it, it, it really comes down to who you're working with on those projects. What does the nature of the action is what, like what it calls for. Um, and for me, it's really about um, um, just sort of making sure that it, that it's, that it's as important to carrying the story forward and feels as much a, a part of the actual film's identity and, and tone and, and rhythm as anything else. So as any dialogue or as any, yeah. you know, any story pieces, you know? So I think that's for me, how I, I, I try to approach that stuff, but yeah, it's definitely something you, what you start to learn is just that like, you're going to need lots of pieces. And sometimes it's very stop and go. And sometimes it's very, very difficult to just like go, how am I going to get that one little piece there? Or just to do something very small that you're going to need um, or to think of all these little pieces you're going to need. Um, but, you know, try to get all the big stuff in, 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 in wides and do all that stuff. And then just really try to pop off as many little like things and, and overdo it. Like you're never going to wish you had less footage, you know? Right. Um, yeah, uh, I can tell you there are plenty of times where I'm in the editing room working, and I'm like, "Oh my god, why didn't I, I just do one shot. more of those?" Or right, or yeah, right. or why, or how do we not like? Why did I cut before this part happened? When right, like I could have just had. I was uh, like, I'm looking for the shot because I see we're set up for this perfect angle for what I need, you know, and and like a call cut because I didn't think I was going to need it. Uh, I I didn't think we needed anything after this one little piece that we yeah. did, you know, that kind of stuff. So you okay. try to get, cover pick up as many pieces as you can in the setups that you're doing and run through as many setups and as much of that stuff as you can. Um, it is and, it's, it's, even I, I was shooting something it was we had a, the last snow day of the year I took an opportunity to shoot something that I really wanted for my film and I was like afterwards I'm like I'm not gonna have another shot to shoot that for another year and everything's gonna look different because that more stuff has grown in and things like that it's really hard to go back and get that shot and have it look seamless it's it's not right easy. right 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 and yeah, I've had to do stuff like that too like i've had to do movies where like literally <laughs> we're picking up little pieces like we've shot the whole movie on sets right yeah and then we're going over to my house like a weeks later like doing these pieces trying to match lighting trying to match these little things that like this little thing here kind of looks like that could be the background and yeah. or we create these things that you know we have these ideas so basically just doing all these sort of inserts and pieces that yeah that's always um yeah amazing when you see it and you're like oh my god that was my right house. right not yeah or it's like those two people never met each other yet they're in all these scenes together <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. i've done stuff like that too i've had fight scenes where the guys run in the in the, in, uh, in the same room at the same time wow. so that yeah it's crazy yeah it's we're already going kind of long here but I, I do want to ask you um anything about the writer's strike that's going on now that you feel the need to talk about i mean i obviously support writers they deserve to get paid we're in a weird time you know but um you know i think I don't know that there's anything I can really add to it. Um, um, I think, you know, um, it's, it's a, it's a difficult, it's a difficult period for people to, to, you know, um, to, 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 I, I feel for the people who, you know, like who are, who lose work and who are trying, you know, and, but of course, you know, it's, it, I don't, I don't know that I have a lot to add to it that, that hasn't, and that hasn't already yeah. been said. And, and, yeah. and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and hopefully by the time this comes out, there won't. Hopefully, be we resolve. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. it's um, so. 
I mean, yeah, it's tough. It's tough where it's like, on the one hand, they don't have enough to pay the writers. And on the other hand, they're boasting highest profits ever, which I, I so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm much more knowledgeable about that in the music industry where you talk about stuff like streaming, where it's like, can't afford to give us everything where you're telling us how much, telling them how much money you're making. It's like, eventually right. we have to right. come to some sort of consensus about what the truth is. Right. You know, no, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's, it's definitely a hard thing because, um, I don't want to both sides it, but I, I see, I see things. I see, I see, I see, I see all the sides and I see things that I, I, I and I think. Like so much has know. changed in a small period of time. It's tough for us to really come to that. It takes time to come to the consensus of what, what really is fair and what's going to work for the long run. Because obviously and there is, something there, and there is a lot of these, there, there are people, there are people who literally make so much money on some of these projects who do so little of that, uh, of that. But at the same time, then you start to go and well, you know, there's financial. There, what about all the times that those that those people are putting their necks on the line to stand behind something? They're putting up money on on things that that can get lost while, you know, while those people are people getting paid regardless of the losses that can or, yeah. or the or the risks that. And but I, again, this is not me against. Uh, yeah, I would probably hopefully. Yeah, it's just it's just a confusing times. It's one of those like we talked about. There's just more gray than there is black and white. Especially but, at a time now where I mentioned I'm making a movie, there's no studio involved. It's it's easier than ever to do something on your own, which also make, right. throws everything into a big whack. You know, it's it's it does it does yeah. And that's going to yeah. happen more and more. I mean, I downloaded this app, like the AI video app. I downloaded last night that just turns me into claymation in crazy. two minutes. So it, it's nuts. It's like it's I don't know where we're going to go from here, but I'm excited to find out. So. It, it's interesting, man. Interesting yep. time. So but yeah, man. Cool, man. Anything um, else you want to touch on while we're here? Or? feel like we covered a lot of ground man i think so too i think so too um i will there's one story that always makes me laugh and i'll I'll cut this out if you want me there but this is one of the things that i you really got me once where you invited me down to new york you said i got an improv thing for you it's um related to you got to be like a vj and that's all i knew and you remember what it was because i found the video of this recently what is it what is it it was i believe a sixth or seventh grade um graduation party at the copacabana yes, yes i remember oh and my we, god I it totally was me remember. and this other woman who i think was either british yes. or pretending to be british and we were yes. like posting it and like we didn't know what yes. to do so we were we were the idea we come up with is that we'll be intentionally bad because all we yes. can do is be bad and yes. we yeah, couldn't yeah, get, yeah. we were shooting on the inside it was way too dark and loud and the kids were at the perfect age where they felt so uncomfortable if they were two years younger it would have been easier if they're two years older it would have been easier but they were 100%. so uncomfortable they were like just getting cool but like, but like not, but like not old enough to like be, yeah, it was, it was a weird, yeah, but I no, call it was, myself fine. I was fine, you did great, I thought you did a great job on that. And, that and was, at the end of the day, uh, some yeah, woman I never it. saw before who I believe was drinking gave me several hundred dollars in my hands, but it was all worth she it. She loved it, she loved, she loved what you did and you, they all loved the video. Um, Yeah, no, you were like, we were like kind of making fun of the MTV like VJ people and yeah. you know, that sort of like. Everybody was such an asshole, you know, with the, with the crazy, you know, hair and their glasses and the. Is that like, you know, is that like early 2000s sort of just MTV uh, vibe of, you know? Yeah, it's uh, hilarious. Yeah. Watching the video again the other day was hilarious. And I oh just say, God. you got me paid. It, I appreciate that couple hundred dollars meant a lot to me back then. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear it. I'm happy but it to just hear makes it. me laugh, especially because of the Copacabana. That always yes, makes me a random place. You know? that, that was a crazy. Because well, wasn't that, didn't they shoot part of Goodfellas there or wasn't there mm-hmm. at least? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I always think of. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Well, what happened was I had made like a sort of a funny piece 
um, that was for my high school that was played at the high school. And, uh, and she had seen it and, and like loved it and begged me to do something like that for her, for her, um, for her daughter's thing. And uh, so I was like, yeah. Which is funny because that it's like, that's how I forget the guy's name right now, but the guy who played young Han Solo, he got discovered because he made a movie that Steven Spielberg yeah for like a bar mitzvah film that Steven Spielberg saw. Cause it was like at crazy, his kid's right? bar mitzvah. And it's like, it's so you know, now we got young Han you Solo. Exactly. You know? So, um, all right, man. Well, I could talk to you forever. Um, but uh, you know, likewise. going long, but, um, we're going to, well, maybe we'll do it now. again sometime. Yeah, definitely, man. So, been a pleasure um go google alex merkin depending on when you see this there'll be movies out there to watch um enjoy they're they're great he's got a great acting a great directing style man i it's i i can't wait to watch some more i'm gonna watch percentage sometime this week i'm, I'm very pumped so awesome my man awesome well thank cool. you brother i appreciate you thank you for having me on it's been awesome talking to you i loved uh love what you're doing man and uh yeah i'm excited i'm excited for 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 all your work and all your art um i think appreciate tremendous it, man. man so all right man well, thanks a lot. Peace.